politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house, very tired and exasperated this late in the week, Friday, August 6th. But folks, we have no choice but to fight. What else are, are we going to do? Go to the gulag? Um, you guys truly, truly give me um, a sense of purpose every day. The notes you guys sent me, and I, I apologize. It's just so hard to respond to all the volume. But the people I'm able to help to treat from the virus, this is truly the biggest scandal in global history. The fact that they created the virus, they exacerbated the virus, they use the sleight of hand to force dangerous ways of dealing with it that only make it worse while denying critical, critical treatment that ultimately everyone is going to need anyway as this vaccine expires and wanes anyway. And I'll tell you folks, I I know some of you have noticed you hear it in my voice and you're not missing anything. I was just totally crushed yesterday. It got to the point where the more evidence comes out that proves me right, and the more they, you can't even articulate their point of view properly. It's like, yeah, what are you talking about? You you better wear a mask. In Baltimore City here, I mean, I'm in the county, but Baltimore City, they said, We're, you have to wear a mask again because the vaccine's not working, and therefore, you better get a mask. And at the same time, I mean, the vaccine, at the same time, the mayor reinstated the mask mandate because they're spreading it 100% just like unvaccinated. The governor gets up there literally like a Nazi. It sounded better in the original German and lectures people that you're killing people for not getting the vaccine while you have to wear a mask. And I was saying, how do they get away with this? How do they get away with this? And I just crashed. I just, I just, I couldn't breathe anymore. I almost took ivermectin. I just, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I just, I, I don't know. It just crushed me. I don't know what to do. No, nothing matters. Facts and logic just don't matter. This is literally slavery. What they are doing, it is genocide. It is sick. So today I want to just really, you know, I was going to get into other issues, but there's nothing more important and I'm a little bit slow on the uptake now. There's a lot of other things I wanted to get into, research, but I haven't had time to get to. So I'm just really going to sum up some of the latest observations and kind of put it all together today. But first, folks, if you do want a good vacation to be around sane people and believe in humanity again, I recommend you come out to our next trip with Constitution Coach com at Front Sight Nevada, where we learn the Constitution at night, courtesy of Rick Green, and we do handgun training all day. There's courses several times throughout the fall when the weather gets better there in the, in the desert. Uh, I'm going to be at the October 31st one at a minimum. I'm not going to be at the September one. I might be at some of the later ones, um, although I really don't like flying nowadays, but um, it's 90% off the typical training, camaraderie, guns, constitution, doesn't get better than that. You get to meet me, you get to meet fellow members of the audience. It's going to be a lot of fun. Again, go to constitutioncoach.com to find out all about the logistics of our trip. So this is what crushed me. I'm going to play a minute clip of the Fuhrer, known as Maryland Governor Larry Hogan, what he had to say yesterday. Take a listen. Look, I I don't care what uh, misinformation or conspiracy theories that you have heard. Uh, The plain and simple fact is that these vaccines are working. If you're still unsure about the vaccines, uh, here is the important fact for you to consider. Nearly every single person hospitalized or dying with COVID-19 in Maryland right now is unvaccinated. Uh, Those of you who uh, refuse to get vaccinated at this point are willfully and unnecessarily putting yourself and others 
at risk of hospitalization and death. You are the ones uh, threatening the freedoms of all the rest of us, the freedom not to wear masks, to keep our businesses open, and to get our kids back in school. And tragically, it may be only a matter of time until you do get COVID-19. And folks, this just crushed me. The amount of lies that were stated in that is just shocking. And just the tone, the attitude, literally, I never thought we'd reach a day in America where we would come to this. Where by their own admission, it can't harm other people. You have your vaccine. How are you harming other people? Okay? And it spreads just as much, so it makes no difference. And there is a big lie being told. A mixture of the lies they're telling, the obfuscation of what they're not telling, and the half-truths, you put it together and it gives you a very different picture. And, And I'm listening to this, and I'm saying, look, there's no way they can get away with this. There's no way they could say it doesn't work to stop the spread, but you have to get it anyway because you affect other people even though you don't, and it's just your own personal thing. There's no way they could say the mask works anymore. There's no way they could say you need a mask after saying you need to be vaccinated, and they get away with it. And I think Psalms 10, Oh Lord, why do you stand from afar? Why do you hide in times of distress? With the haughtiness of the wicked man, he pursues the poor man. They're caught in the plots that they've devised for the wicked man boasts about the desire of his soul. The robber congratulates himself for having blasphemed the Lord. A wicked man at the height of his anger, he will not seek. There is no God All in all of his thoughts. <clears throat> his ways prosper all times. Your judgments are far removed from him. All his adversaries, he blows through them. He says to himself, I will not fall for all generations. I will not be in adversity. His mouth is full of oaths and deceits and guile. Under his tongue is mischief and iniquity. He sits in the lurking places of the villages. In hidden places he slays the innocent. His eyes spy on your army. He lurks in a hidden place like a lion in his den. He lurks to seize a poor man. He seizes a poor man when he draws his net. He crouches, he bows down, and an army of broken people shall fall by his signals. He says in his heart, God has forgotten. He has hidden his face. He never sees. Arise, O Lord, lift up your hand. Do not forget the humble. Why did a wicked man blaspheme God? He said in his heart that you do not seek. You saw, for you look at mischief and provocation to give with your power. Upon you, your army leaves its rest its burden. You would help the orphan break the arm of the wicked. But as for the evil one, you will seek his wickedness. The Lord is king forever and ever. Nations perish from his land. You shall hear the desire of the humble, O Lord. May you prepare their heart. May you may your ear hearken to judge the orphan and the crushed one, that he no longer continue to break the weak from the earth. And that's all it is. There's nowhere to turn anymore. I mean, a lot of people are even expressing disappointment in me. Daniel, where's your plan? I didn't hear from you yet. You're slow in putting together the groups. I I mean, look, I could do only so much as one person. As you could tell, my voice is hoarse. I'm on the phone all day speaking with the epidemiologists and doctors that are sane and trying to get the best information out, speaking with the few people in government who will listen to me trying to give the best information to you guys. It's a full-time job that in itself. And I need people to help me organize our strike force teams. I don't know. All I could say is there are so many people with so much more money than me, so much more staff, such a bigger voice, and they are doing jack squat. So let's unpack the lies built around the dirtbag Larry Hogan. So there's a dirty little secret that's going on here. Let's start from what we know, from what appears to be beginning to occur, and what likely or may occur. What we know so far, incontrovertibly, 
is this. Lockdowns don't work. Masks don't work. And the vaccine, despite a record un, a record known injuries and deaths greater than every other vaccine put together, and God knows the unknowns we've talked about all week, about how it's almost impossible it's not being underreported by a factor of who knows what. They work 0%, 0% against getting the virus and spreading it. And when I say getting it, I mean even flu-like symptoms. Okay, so that's a big thing. It's not like they're getting it asymptomatically. They will get it flu-like symptoms. And yet they have the nerve to look us in the eye rather than expressing a little bit of humility that they were wrong on so many things with such devastating consequences that they are, rather than humbling themselves, they double down even more. You jerk, this works. The next tranche is 100% true, even though what we just told you is 100% lie. So we're 100% clear it protects against um, critical illness after being 100% wrong on mass lockdowns and the vaccine-stopping transmission. Don't be lied to. What we were told and what is in Pfizer's document is that it's near 100% effective against critical illness and 90 to 95%, depending on the document, depending on the vaccine, depending on the, the Fauci or which person was telling you, against infection. The notion, oh, we always said it didn't stop it. That is bull. So that in itself is a massive Massive story. Before we even get to the protecting from critical illness. It's a massive story. And yet somehow we're the ones on the hook. On the hot seat. We're the ones causing it. This is before we get to the fact of the vaccination. The mass vaccination with a particularly narrow spectrum spike protein that's prone to inducing mutations and inducing viral immune escape. But just that, that is not a theory, that is a fact. It is 0% efficacy. Maybe there's some degree for a month, but it wouldn't be more than a month. And we're going to explain that. But that is clear as a baseline. They said 90 to 95%. It 0% stops the spread. 0%. There are no ifs, ands, and buts about that. In fact, every pre-printed study that has come out so far on it has shown, and Fauci has said, Walensky has said, this is not my position. This is their position that you have the same viral load, vaccinated as unvaccinated if you get the infection. And the next thing is not yet proven, but once we already know that, and they admit they didn't study um, ADE, antibody-dependent disease enhancement, and that it's a problem when you have waning immunity, which Moderna literally said yesterday in a statement, it's very much a concern that as this expires, they will start to have ADE and they will have a greater viral load. And the way to do that is to test COVID-positive patients who got vaccinated in January. That's the key point here. But of course, they won't do it. Of course, they won't do it. So that is a given. Before we get into the next slide, the reason that's so critical is that even if this gave you amazing, you know, critical illness protection for life, it would still be from a legal, we'll talk about a prudential, scientific, epidemiological standpoint, we'll get into that. But from a legal civil rights standpoint, even if you believe that stopping the spread is enough that you could violate bodily autonomy, which it is not, it, at this point, it doesn't pass a rational basis test 
because it literally does not endanger others. If they have their protection, they're, they're safe according to you. And you could spread it and do spread it just as much. So that is a proven lie. Now, we, th- this is what has to be put into the lawsuits. This point cannot be ignored. That is the government's position now. With the mask, they had a convoluted way of lying and saying, somehow my mask protects you, and vice versa, but not myself. It's mentally ill, but they asserted it. And judges said, all they have to do is assert, they don't have to prove it, and they could violate your rights. Here, they're not even asserting it. Okay? Now, speaking of legal representation, we're sponsored this month by Alliance Defending Freedom. They have worked on religious liberty for many years. The sanctity of life, freedom of speech, parental rights, America's highest courts. They're putting out a free book, an ebook at adflegal.org slash conservative review um, called Generational Wins to understand the importance of their work. And you could, you know, see what they're doing and why it's important to donate to ADF. Um, so, you know, because they run purely pro bono and they rely solely on the generosity of patriots like you. So again, go to adflegal.org slash CR, adflegal.org slash CRs and conservative review. And, and folks, one of the key points is going to be here to argue a religious exemption. And my religious exemption is, I don't believe my personally that God is against vaccines. I don't believe that at all. But I believe that when we have better cures with, less, with, with le- much less risk for most people and really everyone, and I'm going to get to that, including people that are high risk from the virus, that is that is self-immolation to uh, to assume that risk, and I firmly believe that. And as much as I don't like this, you know, crushing liberty, but as long as you give me religious liberty thing, but because of groups like ADF, they really have plowed ground in the courts on religious liberty more than any other issue. So it has made it easier. Just I'm just saying, and this is not part of my plug for ADF. I'm just saying that. I'm talking here, I believe strategically it's better to go with a religious exemption than a medical exemption and to the extent they even offer them. You will, will probably be likely more likely to get away with a religious exemption than a medical exemption, believe it or not. So, folks, this is where we are. Now, okay, let's talk epidemiologically. Oh, boy. There's nowhere to run. There's nowhere to hide. But USOBs, almost everyone dying, has the vac- is unvaccinated. Now, there's a lot of points to make on this. First of all, if you look very carefully amidst their bravado, and I don't mean people like Kim Jong-un, fat boy, and you know, maybe he ought to check his vitamin D and lose some weight a little bit. And, and again, normally I don't like, I, I really, it's not my personality, you know, making fun of someone's weight. But if you are going to lecture us, dude, no pun intended, but that is the 800-pound gorilla in the room here when it comes to COVID. So look in the mirror. But anyway, he's just a, a you know, just a dictator. But I'm talking about like the hospital administrators and the people with this it started off being it's nobody. Then it was 3% vaccinated. Then they're saying in Miami it's 12%. These areas in California, they're saying it's 25%. Notice it's very interesting. Okay, so it's already not 99%. Fauci said all three vaccines are almost 100%. So that's already a lie. First piece of evidence. Next piece of evidence. The UK came out with a very interesting statement today. of those in the hospital are vaccinated. And originally we were told 60, and then they said it was a mistake. It's 40. We meant 60 are unvaccinated. Interesting. Now they're down to 35. And you got to believe both in the UK and America, you have to mark it up a certain amount given the lying um, and given the the asymmetry with the testing, right? So 
you know, their policy is they don't automatically test someone who is vaccinated. Um, but anyone who's unvaccinated, they automatically test you. So you come in for um, um, a kidney stone. They say, hey, are you vaccinated? Yes. Okay, fine. Done. You're unvaccinated. They don't test you. So remember, when you're – everyone agrees there's a lot of spread going on in the South, and it's very prolific. Everyone agrees nosocomial spread in the hospital is, is a particular problem. So anyone getting admitted to the hospital, if they didn't have prior infection, you're very likely to get it whether you get it asymptomatically, whether you have a problem or not. So if you're there for any sort of thing, whether you're and, – and we, and we know vaccination conveys no protection. So now you might say, Daniel, that's stupid. That's just hospitalized with. I understand that. But what's good for the goose is good for the gander. You have to apply that standard to both sides of the equation. So that's that's just another thing. But interestingly enough, it is 35%. Now we move on to Israel and Gibraltar. Gibraltar is 100% vaccinated. And indeed, they are getting a very large spread, and they are having hospitalizations and deaths. In fact, Gibraltar has the fifth highest death rate per capita. Okay? Israel, Channel 13 News in Israel reported yesterday that 95% of severe patients, I think they mean ICU, are vaccinated, 85 to 90% of hospitalized are fully vaccinated. And the case rates that they publish every day, granular, divided by age stratification, juxtaposed to the general background vaccination rate of that age group. So not this BS anecdotal politician that lied to us and everything, Everyone, 100 million percent are on vaccine. No, no. They actually publish granular data, and they're showing there is the, vac- the, the critical illness rate is at or above the rate of vaccination. So what gives? Why is it that seemingly in America, legitimately, even if they're lying, which they are to an extent, the overwhelming majority as of now appear to be unvaccinated and and you know there's people i trust that will vouch for that it's not a total myth okay remember there's underpinnings of a complete lie and then the smaller details are built on half lies and the uk is somewhere in the middle somewhere more like half and in gibraltar and israel it's almost all now before we answer the question i just want to point out one thing the thumb suckers are like Daniel, you need a lesson in math and denominators. Yeah, it's like that. It's 95%. But the raw numbers are relatively low. So the vaccines are working. You idiot. I understand the raw numbers are low. But they're low because the delta is less deadly. Okay? It's more prolific and even more durable and possibly maybe even making more people younger sick. But it's less deadly. And you see that straight up in the UK's data. They just came out with another variant report. Our government does does nothing as detailed as they put out. The CFR is still very, 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 very low. Very few people die, dying relative to cases. It's, it's not because of that. I understand mathematically because, well, it's because the, the seniors are so vulnerable. So even if it's you know, just a few people, but, and it's so efficacious, but the few people that it doesn't work for will account. But you, we're seeing this everywhere. It makes no sense. What are the chances of that? We shouldn't be seeing this spread like that. In America, they have no problem. Yeah, look, it's so lopsided. And then, okay, but in Israel, it's lopsided the other way. Well, yeah, the denominator. Oh, okay. I mean, it's it just, it, it gets stupid after a while. But we have the answers. I'm no brilliant person here. I just listen to what the Israeli government, the only studies that have looked at this show, Moderna's own statement, common sense understanding the molecular biology of the way the vaccine works, 
and what I'm hearing from ICU doctors in America as well. And it paints the same picture. The vaccine has zero efficacy against spread. Zero efficacy against mild symptoms. It has a tremendous amount of risk that we don't even know. After all of that, it conveys about six months of protection against um, uh, critical illness and then rapidly wanes. And likely, even if you did a booster, you won't get another six months because of the evolution of the virus induced by the mass vaccination itself in the most self-defeating counterproductive cycle of insanity. Okay, does that mean there's no purpose potentially for anyone under any circumstance, no benefit? I didn't say that, but that is a very different picture. Oh, by the way, we have, you know, vitamin D, zinc, quercetin, ivermectin, 800-pound gorilla in the room, um, famotidine, budesonide, um, fluvoxamine. I could go on and on and on and on. Oh, so that's a very different story. By the way, you know I'm hearing tons of doctors telling me they have so much proof that older people are dying even more from the vaccine. Immunocompromised people are... Remember, what's the problem with immunocompromised? The spike protein of the virus screws with their heart, potentially certainly the lungs. Do you think it's a good idea to put a spike protein in them? Look, I am very much the type of guy that generally I would say... Yeah, you should you should vaccinate them. But it's a but but here's the problem. I mean, it's garbage in, garbage out. Why give them the spike protein, which creates the inflammation, and hoping that somehow successfully deals with it, which a lot of people will, but a lot of people won't, rather than give them ivermectin, which is only a cure, it quells it, and then they got natural immunity for life. West Virginia. West Virginia. This is from Charleston. A person who was fully vaccinated against coronavirus has died from the disease, health officials said. According to Kawa, Charleston Health Department, 76-year-old man passed away from complications of COVID. Dr. Sherry Young said the unidentified man did have an underlying condition but did not elaborate. So it's like, yeah, well, he had an underlying but the, But those are the people you need the, the thing to work. So what's clear is that it really has lower efficacy for immunocompromised. And it wanes eventually for everyone. And that's critical illness. Two people could play this bullcrap game. Oh, we had this conservative guy in the hospital that's sorry he didn't get vaccinated. And his dying words said, I wish I would have gotten the vax. Well, I could have this guy was in the hospital. And he had both vaxes and he masked up and didn't see his grandkids for two years. And his dying words were, I should have contacted Dr. Corey and gotten ivermectin. Two people could play this game. And believe me, we're going to be playing this more often. You know why? So I didn't get to my thing. I, I plotted on the graph and you could do this at um, world meters. I compared the vaccination rates of the following countries. Israel, the UK, Gibraltar, Iceland, and the US. And I said, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Israel is telling us the vaccine is done. Critical care is all vaccinated people. And, you know, we, you, know you, you have to take everyone's thing with a grain of salt but the bottom line is, I believe the Israelis are the only ones who rather than look you in the eye and say, shut up, it works. I mean, they're being fascist anyway, but at least their, their academic stuff, they said they studied people who got the vaccine in February and they studied people who got it in April. And they found that there is two and a quarter fold more protection in April than in February. And nobody else has refuted that. They're the only ones who embarked on that. Okay? So then, I was a little bit in the dark. I, I knew Israel was a little bit ahead of us, but I didn't know how much. I plotted on a graph, and I was like, holy heck. Israel 
reach critical mass. I mean like 50% vaccinated. And when you say 50%, that means probably 70, 80% of seniors. They reached it like in mid-February already they reached that. We didn't reach that till two months later. Then I looked, and Gibraltar, same thing. Gibraltar, a very small country, 30,000 people. So they got them January, you know, by, by beginning of February, done. They were all vaccinated. Then I looked at the, the, the UK, and it was exactly what I thought. It was literally smack in middle of the US experience and Israel's. March. It was like, you know, when they reached that number. And it's a sliding scale, however, whatever point you, threshold you want to use. Literally, you could cut the baby in half. That's literally what we're seeing now. Then I looked at Iceland. Iceland has a higher vaccination rate than America, and I think even than Israel now. But it's very interesting. It was a very slow take-up. They, they, they really weren't into the vaccine. It wasn't until like May, June, then they like all got vaccinated. So Iceland, here's the thing. See, in America, it's very easy. It's, it's a big country. A lot of people vaccinated, a lot of people unvaccinated. So it's very murky, and you could... It's all an epidemic of the vaccinated, of the unvaccinated. Iceland is an awesome example because in Iceland, so it's a very interesting thing. You have a 14,000% increase in cases. Okay, they have twice the spike that they had even in the winter. And they haven't gotten much until now. But on the other hand, they literally have zero deaths. Very interesting. So here's the deal. On the one hand, everyone's vaxxed. So in other words, it's 100% of people over 60. Literally, I'm not joking. 99, I mean 99%. They, they break it down actually in English on their website, um, the cohorts, 100%. Even, even 16 to 29-year-olds are 80%. So again, remember when you look at numbers 60, 65%, they're illusory because there's a ton of young kids in any society and some more than others. So all the young kids aren't vaccinated, obviously. But but that's immaterial. Everyone agrees that they're almost no risk of dying and, and, and very low risk of spreading it, too. They get it, but they don't really spread it much. Ironically, Iceland was actually the first country to discover that. Okay? Iceland's chief epidemiologist put out. Okay? Chief epidemiologist put out. They sequence the genomes. Iceland is known for this. They are the first. They, they, they have a company that does this. They sequence the genomes, and they looked at people and they admitted it is not going to stop it. It does not stop spread. So, first observation: a lot of these thumb sucking algorithm, clickservative Fox News blankets that starts with an F. Fox, whatever you know what I mean. Um, <laughs> So they have this line, you know, you get the vaccine, it's rare you'll even get it, and in the rare case you get it, it certainly protects critical illness. So that first statement is wrong. It's 0% because here's the deal. They are recently vaccinated there. So like I, I, I was speaking this out with Jay Bhattacharya yesterday. I had a private conversation with him. Very brilliant guy, very mild-mannered, balanced type of person. I wanted to get his take, you know, you know, how much, you know, most of it he agrees with. Some of it he's like, I still want to see a little bit more. Um, but this part, yeah, he's like, Daniel, it's it's literally zero. And Iceland proves that because they, they, they don't even have a grace period. So Iceland's great. They have everyone, every adult vaccinated, but very recently. Zero efficacy against spread, and the, and the chief epidemiologist reaches that, uh, uh, agrees to that. But notice something in interesting. Iceland... Zero deaths um, from vaccinated. Um, and, and really even unvaccinated too. I mean, they, they just, there's something about their society. It's again, one of these countries where they just don't seem to, they just do well with it. Um, like Norway, like the Eastern countries, you know, whatever. It is what it is. Um, but interestingly enough, in, in America, it's, a low percentage, but it's definitely on the map, 10%. It's not zero. Getting up there, growing every day. The UK, anywhere from 35 50% in the hospital. 
and Israel and Gibraltar, it's almost everyone. Folks, you could plot it. Do it yourself. It literally plots on a graph which ones had the bulk of their vaccinated and when. At what point. Moderna is telling us this. Israel is telling us this. The Tel Aviv University studies are telling us this. It all jives. Let me give you one more piece of information. I I spoke with an ICU doctor who treats patients left and right. She probably treated over a thousand patients between her home base, but she also volunteered in New York at that critical time like a lot of people did. And she told me a bunch of interesting things. She said she is absolutely seeing vaccinated people in IU. I see you. They're not yet the majority. No one's saying they are. But they're all from January, the January cohort. And the reason why that's important is that's not a permanent cohort. That means that everyone will be like that in two months from now. That's the big lie. And then as it creates viral escape, what are you going to do then? Keep having people take this unethical risk? No, you treat it and give them natural immunity. You're going to get it anyway. There's no choice. That's not, I didn't cause that. The vermin that helped the Wuhan lab caused that, including Fauci and the NIH. It's their, blame them. Don't blame me. Daniel, this is a serious virus. <laughs> Dude, I'm the one trying to treat it. I didn't create it. The ones that are blocking the treatment and giving you ineffective things are the ones doing it. And, there, and, and more and more, you know, there's another article out from Spokane, nursing home. Almost everyone's vaccinated. They're having problems in it now. Critical illness and one death. Someone sent me an article from Spokane. Nursing homes are starting to tick up. To sit and say, shut up, they're safe, they're vaccinated, that is genocide. They're not safe. It's temporary. It is criminal not to check their vitamin D levels and give them prophylax on that and ivermectin. Oh, just give them another vaccine. Do we even know how many died from the spike protein? Much more than the young people. As, as, as scandalous as it is, the amount of young people that got injured, it's even worse the more immunocompromised you are. So I don't even know if it's a good strategy for them either. I don't think it is. Try what we haven't tried. Give that a chance and come back to me. So she told me a number of things. They're absolutely seeing it. Number two, most of the people in ICU are obese. Number three, almost all of them have vitamin D levels below 20, which is criminal <laughs> that they weren't given that information. She's the only one who will test for it. She believes we are all lowballing vitamin D. She tries to get them above 50 and ideally even 70. But certainly if you have at least 35, 40 going into it, you should be in good shape. And she told me most of the hospitals, every single person knows Iver, um, remdesivir doesn't work, but they're too scared with, to try anything because the government refused to approve it. And also, you know, you have a critically ill patient. No one wants to try something new, despite the fact that it's been tried so many times and it turns it around. The few places that allowed her to try it, most of them, even at the worst stage of death, turn around in 24 hours. And again, the goal is to get it before. They don't, it doesn't have to be that way. So you don't have to worry about putting something new in someone's body when they're in a critical state. That's the story. The ICUs are with the obese people. The, the, the non-ICUs, it's getting filled up with a lot of people because it's a beast of a virus. And if you don't treat it, you're going to have a number of people that could have easily avoided it. And they're, they'll survive, you know, remdesivir or not, the healthier people. They usually survive it, but it clogs up the hospitals. And it spreads and spreads and spreads the virus. It's truly disgusting. The stuff she was telling me. So, folks, you put it all together. 
What do we have? Masks don't work. Lockdowns don't work. The vaccine is 0% effective, near zero. Don't quote me on zero, but at least near zero, if not zero, in stopping transmission and in getting it and even getting flu-like symptoms. And it has an expiration date of its efficacy on critical illness, likely quicker and more profoundly, the more at risk you are and the more you needed the thing. Again, I will point this out again and again and again. This is not a broad spectrum, inert vaccine. This is a narrow spectrum, live spike protein. So you have the least amount of protection and you have the most amount of risk. You are putting a spike protein into someone who is immunocompromised. Tons of people died from it, and we don't even count for it. And that is a scandal. So I don't need to be lectured to. We have a much better way. And again, I am all for vaccines. Novavax, which is a traditional vaccine, the government is stonewalling it. A lot of the doctors that that are terribly afraid of this one that I speak to that have had on the show are very bullish on Novavax. I'm not going to go full in on it yet. But that's my point. So when I have these thumb-sucking nerds, you know, conservatives need to be pro-vaccine. What does that even mean? What a stupid, vacuous, sophomoric, empty statement. There's a lot more going on than that. There's a lot more going on. And again, how much, the more unknown, but there's growing evidence of this, how much will this self-perpetuate ADE or viral immune escape and make it even worse so that you're going to need ivermectin even more? By hook or by crook, this is where it's all headed. The doctors I speak to, they've had the same luck treating people that are obese, that are, you know, have heart conditions as they do everyone else. The issue is when you let it go, then obviously, yeah, it's going to be much harder to deal with that guy in the hospital than a healthier person. But that's the crazy thing about ivermectin. It has such great efficacy, not always, nothing does, even at the worst stage. Again, we are told you need to take the vaccine to protect others when by their own science, it is 0% effective in stopping the virus. Ivermectin, the studies show, American Journal of Therapeutics, meta-analysis of several dozen randomized controlled trials. So it puts it all together. 86% effectiveness, prophylaxis in preventing from getting it. Not getting it mildly, not getting it. Which is why all the doctors I know that are around COVID patients all day long um, in the labs with the pathogens, they never have gotten the virus because this is what they do. And some of them are, are quite old. And a few of them have heart conditions. They have never gotten it. By their own view of morality and law and constitution, we should create an ivermectin mandate. I'm not saying we should. I'm just saying by their way of thinking. This is truly, truly unbelievable what's going on. And again, a lot of them believe 86% is only because they don't get the right dosing. If you got the right dosing, it would bump into the 90s. And then that's ivermectin alone. What if you bumped up their zinc, C, D, and maybe some other stuff levels to you know, nice substantial levels? The end you're doing ivermectin. Then what do the numbers look like? See what I'm saying? It is criminal. It's criminal that we have people in America Put COVID aside. Everyone agrees vitamin D is needed for a trillion things. It's one of the most important things for the health of the body. 
We have people with levels 10, 20, 30, lower. And their doctor's like, take 1,000 IUs a day for someone like that. Are you kidding me? You need a plan to have much more for someone like that. That's, that's you know, even maintenance dose, that's low. Um, but certainly to get someone up, you, you need to take blood tests. You need to, you know, maybe have magnesium and other stuff to make sure it gets into the cells because some people just doesn't get in. It is criminal. Think about it. Nursing homes. Okay, nursing homes. Now, a lot of people did get the virus, but you have new people coming in that are not immune. Think about it. Think about it. Expiring vaccine. And they won't even give them vitamin D. You tell me who's doing the genocide. You tell me who's letting people die. I understand. It's a very valid observation at least on the critical illness protection side, to say, look, we, the, you, you can't deny it's protecting. But when you see what Israel's putting out, and if you actually test when they got the vaccine, and you look at the common sense, you will see it paints a very different picture. Okay? 100% efficacy and 0% risk and there's nothing else to stop the virus, that is their narrative, is a very different one from the truthful narrative, which is that we have much better, safer things, and the vaccine is tremendously risky for a lot of people, and there's so much we don't even know. We don't know long-term at all. It has 0% efficacy, even in the short-term, against getting it and spreading it, and symptoms. It has robust short-term efficacy that wanes rapidly against critical illness, particularly for the people who need the protection the most. That is the truth. And folks, that's just how it is. So guys, I'm about out of time, out of steam, out of voice, and I really feel bad because I had so much more I wanted to get to just in giving you more information And sometimes I just don't manage my time well. I didn't realize how long it would take just to get out that really one point. And there's a lot more information I wanted to go over with you. But that's going to have to be put off till next week. Follow me on Twitter at Arm Conservative. The articles I put out on, um, obviously, at The Blaze. Again, you could always search for me on DuckDuckGo, Daniel Horowitz, The Blaze. You could just click on my name, and then you'll see the chronology of my columns. Um... I just wanted to end off. I I really didn't want to forget this because it's so important. Today is August 6th. It's the 10th anniversary of something that is one of the worst things that has ever happened in American history. And nobody knows about it. I mean, very few people know about it. I'm sure some of you do. But 10 years ago today, August 6th, 2011, was when Extortion 17 went down. That's the call sign for a mission of SEAL Team 6, 17 Gold Squadron SEALs were shot down in a helicopter along with, I believe, maybe 16 other U.S. Army personnel, some other special operators, a couple of other regular Army people that were on it, and then seven very mysterious Afghan soldiers who were swapped out on the mast the last minute, and then their bodies were cremated, and we never heard anything about it. The bodies of some of the soldiers were cremated, too, against the wishes of the family. Um, You know, just to begin with, just the magnitude of the tragedy was the worst single loss of life in special warfare history, the worst um, loss of life of any day in the Afghan war, which was all for nothing. And it was the most bizarre thing. They put them in a flying coffin, not a special operations helicopter, um, you, you could Google around. There, there's problems before, during, and after that make it very dark what was going on there. I don't mean just incompetence. I don't mean just the rules of engagement. At every level, the, the, the mission was bizarre. They took their tier one people to go after a pretty low-value target. Um, it's unclear what they were even doing. Um, they put them in in something that you never put put uh, special operators in. 
They had mysterious Afghani soldiers on board. They found bullets in their bodies later on. Um, they said there was a flood that washed away the recorder, but it wasn't true. They never had the black box. I'm just, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of throwing a bunch of things at you. There are so many problems with what went on there. And, you know, I do now, I will tell you, I believe the darkest thing at this point. After everything our government has done, I believe they were murdered. I believe they were sacrificed. Um, this was, by the way, Joe Biden, when he was vice president, outed SEAL Team 6, put a target on their back at a very minimum. But I don't even think this was al-Qaeda. I think the U.S. government worked with them to take them down. I fir firmly believe that. One day I'll do a, a broader show on this. Um, but, you know, that's kind of where we are now. Um, very, very sad. 10th anniversary. God bless them. Uh, I know uh, Billy and Karen Vaughn. Their son Aaron was one of them. Um, it's just, it's it's terrible. It, it is, it really is just emblematic of the way our soldiers have been treated by our government. Um, I mean, even if you don't get to re the really dark malfeasance, if nothing else, just the rules of engagement, um, what they do to them, put them, put them, putting them into meat grinders, emblematic of what they're doing now, making them wear a mask, making them get a, get a jab. They can't wear uh, their gun on a military base, but they have to wear a mask. They have the worst missions imaginable for nothing. And... Um, it's just it's just heartbreaking. So again, nobody else will cover that, but and I don't have enough time to really delve into it. But Extortion 17, again, the shoot down of the Navy SEALs, there's a couple of books on it. Very, very dark questions about what went on there. It's not just a tragic accident, just you know, they they went into an ambush, didn't know it. No, there, there's a lot more that if you add the questions and the cover up and you put it together it doesn't make any sense and we all thought when trump would finally become president and the republicans had control of congress we get to the bottom of it of course they did nothing about it and i think there are just as many unanswered questions now as there were before other than knowing we have more of a genocidal government than we thought we did at the time so take it for what it is it's been a long week for me um I hope to come back rejuvenated next week. The following week, I will be on vacation, but I'll try to pre-tape a show or two uh, with some special guests to keep you guys updated at this cr critical juncture. We got to organize, but at this point, we got to pray. Just pray fast. We have no one to turn to but God, and um, that's I, I, I hate to sound that way, but it's also very comforting. Uh, this is not in our hands. These people have control. It's gang rape. Um, I'm hearing bad news out of Arkansas. I think we did defeat the mask mandate, but we didn't get past the bill blocking companies from mandating vaccines. So we'll cover that next week. Till then, thank you so much for listening and sharing the show. God bless you all. And thank you for listening.